We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next, we're going to move on to the keys to victory for Notre Dame. We've broken down the film. Uh, we've kind of looked at the matchups as best we can. Again, with, there's a lot of question marks on both sides as far as there's talented corners at South Carolina, but they haven't played like these other kids have played. There's talented receivers at Notre Dame, but they haven't been asked to do for Notre Dame what Michael Mayer has been asked to do. Tyler Buckner's a talented kid. He's very unproven, uh, obviously. And then the best part of his game is, that he's shown so far in college is something you may not want to use him a lot on in this game, which is the running ability. I heard you and Vince talking about that yesterday. You know, how do you handle that? How do you handle, you can't not run him because if he's that fragile and he's that still, if he's in a place now where the one hit could knock him out then he shouldn't play, it shouldn't exactly. be put him out there, but you also got to be smart and say, but this kid hasn't been tackled in two months. So we're not going to mm-hmm. run him 15 times, you know, and if he does, it's going to be on, it's wide open on the backside, get what you can get and then go down, you know, mm-hmm. slide uh, or dip out of bounds. I mean, there's just all types of different aspects that make it interesting, Ryan. But, you know, when you when you look at the keys to victory, we feel good about how this game needs to go for Notre Dame. Now, how will it go? Don't know. We're not, <laughs> we're, you know, we're not. If I was able to predict that all the time, I'd, I'd be, like I've said before, I'd be a very wealthy man because I would be able to predict all these things. But I can. But the keys to the victory, the keys to victory, is about how it should go. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with the offense. And when you look break down the keys to victory for the Notre Dame offense, Ryan, it's very, it's very simple. It's key number one is just insert, copy, paste every week because they still haven't done it, and that's the reason it's still number one. It, they haven't done it. They, they got to get off to a fast start. And it changes why every week, but this one is very important because you're going to have a lot of players in new roles and, and not just new, not necessarily new positions, Ryan, but new roles. All the receivers are going to be in new roles because they don't have Michael Mayer to be the dude to take the pressure off them anymore. Right. Tyler Buckner slides into the back into the starting job. You've got guys on defense stepping into new roles. And, and, but offensively, when you break this team down, Ryan, it's, they got to start fast for those reasons. Those 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 guys that kind of are stepping in new roles need to kind of get some early confidence. 
the you need to put some doubt into South Carolina's mind. But the most important thing for me, the absolute most important thing for me in this, when we talk about starting fast, Tyler Buckner needs confidence out of the gate. Even if it means, I'm serious about this. One of the, like, I, I, th- I know a lot of people think they're just going to come out throwing it all over the yard, and they might. And we'll have, we'll talk about that in point two. But I don't even care if they come out and he throws two bubble screens and they hand off eight times and go 10 yards or 10 plays and score. And he threw two completions on bubble screens for five yards and they score. That's confidence building for him. Because what that does, or Ryan, even if they run out and they throw the ball, you know, bubble screen, it could be a slide. Like he doesn't really do anything where he's got to make any kind of tough throw is what I'm talking about. Or if they Mm -hmm. come out and run the ball seven times or run it twice and one goes for 60 and a touchdown. I don't care. It actually, I think, might even be better for Tyler if they come out and he doesn't have to make a bunch of plays early because then he can say, hey, I don't have to be what I was against Ohio State. Because that's the thing. If Tyler Buckner didn't make a play against Ohio State, the offense was going to do nothing. And I think that pressure really got to him against Marshall. The fact that he had to be the guy or the offense could do nothing weighed on him against Marshall. You could see it, right? He was pressing. He was just – he wasn't – the just the the player that we've seen, if he can if they can come out and start fast, even whether he is the reason why, or even better, if he's not the reason why, mm-hmm. I think that's huge for him because it says, hey, we're we're rolling, we're back in a groove. It's good for the players around him because they're like, okay, we're good. Tyler's here, we're fine. But if they can have some success early running the football as part of the fast start, Ryan, that's going to take a lot of pressure off Tyler Buckner. And it's going to get his mind out of where it was when he was a starter earlier and into the mindset that Drew Pine was in, which is I don't have to go out there and win this game by myself. I just got to do my job. That's it. That'd be huge. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I think the fact that so many players are pressing to new roles on the offense, anytime you are doing something that is new or foreign to you, having some form of success is a big confidence builder, right? Like if Notre Dame able to come out offensively and they get a nice drive going or they create an explosive play or whatever it might be, that's a big confidence boost because then you kind of have that moment. Not This isn't even just for Tyler Buckner. This is for you know Tobias Merriweather. So for Deion Colsey and the role that he's going to be in, the running backs, whoever – they kind of have that aha moment, like, oh, all right, I, I can do this, man. Like, we're, we're good. We, we can make this work type of situation. 
And if that happens, it, you know what else it does, Brian, is that there's a confidence that needs to be built on South Carolina side of things too that we need to talk about, right? Because defensively, you have two new starting corners. You have a new defensive tackle that hasn't played a ton on top of the fact that South Carolina's defense has not played well this year just in general, right? So they're looking for a little confidence boost as well. And if Notre Dame comes out and they do have a fast start and they kind of punch South Carolina in the in the mouth a little bit or at least keep them off balance – if I'm South Carolina's defense with a bunch of young players now trying to have to make plays, that's one of those things where you're like, oh no, I like who's going to step up? We don't know who the because like if you South Carolina, if there was going to be a big play defensively, it was probably Cam Smith that was going to make it, right? It was probably Darius Rush. It was probably Zach Pickens. Who's the playmaker on this defense right now? I mean, is it Jordan Birch? Is it the young safety that's a freshman that's a really good player? Is it the the new corners that are stepping in? Is it Sherrod Green at linebacker? Like, I don't know who that guy is that's going to make a big play to flip momentum. So if Notre Dame gets the offense started, not only does it get them their confidence built for players that are assuming a new role and trying to build a different identity, it also is a little punch to the mouth of a South Carolina team that, I don't think they have any defensive playmakers right now. At least guys that you know are tangibly there. They need to try to figure out their own identity and figure out who's going to make plays for them. And I don't think South Carolina knows that right now. I think that's a very important key right there, Ryan, is Mm -hmm. that is the doubt that you need to put into their minds. They can't they can't get that confidence. Oh, we're fine without Cam. We're fine without Darius. We're 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 fine without Zach. We're good. They don't have Michael Mayer. We got nothing to worry about, which is exactly what they start thinking about if Notre Dame comes out struggling early. If Notre Dame comes out early, like, uh uh-oh, man, boy, we're in trouble. Because because I think this team is going to react to a fast start worse than they did. I could be wrong. This is a prediction. This isn't a guarantee. I think this version of this South Carolina defense will react worse to a fast start than what we saw before. Because remember, Clemson jumped all over South Carolina in that game. I mean, jumped all over him. It was like 20, it's like 14 nothing, I think, at one point in time, 23 14 at one point in time. Um, and just really all over him. And South Carolina just kept at it. They kept playing that, but but that's because they had those veteran guys that were NFL caliber guys that were kind of playing at a very high level at that time in the secondary. You know, Zach Pickens was a really good football player. You know, so I think when I look at it, Ryan, I, I think that that there there may be more doubt creeping in to that team than what we saw from them at other times. You know, it it may look more like what happened early against Georgia and teams like that when, you know, Florida, when they got on them early, that team kind of, a team kind of died. You got to make sure the confidence they gained late in the year with those wins gets erased quickly. And so I think that's why a fast start is really important. Yeah, and I think that you're talking about a South – so the South Carolina defense just hasn't been very good this year. You know, like I kind of said already, Brian, it's not like – like if this was Georgia that had a couple opt-outs defensively, you feel pretty good that the guy behind him is probably going to come in and be able to make some plays, right, because of how they recruit and how they've developed defensively, right? Like some of those guys are going to come in and they're going to play good football. South Carolina-wise, with you know they're, they're only a second year under Shane Beamer. They're still growing and they're still trying to – you know, fill in holes that were left by the previous staff under Will Muschamp. So you're trying to find those different ma- difference makers. You're trying to find the depth. And I think that when you're on a already a bad defense that's letting up like over 27 points a game this year, and then you lose your three players that are NFL-level players that were the best players on your defense, 
that that is a little bit of a shock to you, right? It's like, wow, I w- we weren't even good with these guys. What are we going to be without them? So even though Notre Dame has questions to answer as well, I really do think that this is an opportunity for Notre Dame to get inside the minds of South Carolina early because, again, you do not know who their guys are now, right? You knew who they were a week ago, but who are their guys coming into this football game? I don't know the answer to that. And I'm sure that there's going to be some guys that are going to step up for South Carolina, but ultimately they are they just got a lot younger, a lot less experienced in only a couple weeks of opt-out. So Notre Dame has an opportunity, to, I think, to shock them a little bit and to really get them on their heels early on in this game. You know, for me too, Ryan, I think Katie Kiever says it here well. She says, if Tyler Buckner doesn't play well on early on, does he start to think back to Marshall? And and that's that's the key. It's like, right, like we're talking about what does a fast start do to the psyche of South Carolina. That's my concern if Notre Dame doesn't get to a fast start. Not just and it's not just Tyler Buckner. Do the players, the other guys around him start thinking that, right? Because if they come out and struggle early with Tyler quarterback, and let's say South Carolina jumps on him, whether it's fair or not, there's going to be thought of, well, this didn't happen really when Drew Pine was a quarterback. They were able to run the ball and do. I mean, it fair. It may be fair, it may not be fair, but that's what that's what you run the risk of sinking into the minds of the players, and more importantly, sinking into the mind of Tyler Buckner. You know, then does he start thinking, "I got to press, I got to scramble, I got to do this, I got to do that," and then all of a sudden he's exposing himself to being hurt again or not playing again. He needs right. to be calm. He needs to just kind of go out there and be part of the offense, and that leads to point number two, Brian, which is Notre Dame's got to be who they are. Yes. Now, not who they were, but who they are. And who they are now is a team that does not have Michael Mayer and a team that does have Tyler Buckner and a team that's receiving cores as healthy as it's been all year. Mm-hmm. That's who they are. But at the same time, they're still a team with a dominant rushing offense. So we'll get into the fact of, of, of how the run game needs to be successful. But I don't see this being Oklahoma State 2.0 from last mm-hmm. year. Maybe they do. I I do think they need to be balanced. I don't think they can just come out and go 12 personnel. I hope, I hope they don't come out and go 12 personnel all day. Now, there is a role for 12 personnel in this game, flat out. I mean, there's things, especially because when South Carolina sees Notre Dame 12 personnel, Ryan, they're going to come out and they're going to they're going to jump into their their really reduced fronts. They're going to come out and play a lot of guys in the box. And we actually have a clip here of 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 kind of what I expect it to look like when when they do go 12 personnel uh, as we were breaking breaking these games down. I kind of took a, a, a little screenshot of this. So let me just pull this up here real quick, Ryan, just to kind of show an example. They're a three down team primarily, mm-hmm. but you can expect when 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 Notre Dame comes out in 12 personnel. Let me just open this up here real quick. Open and preview. Let me go here. So you're going to see a lot more of this from South Carolina when Notre Dame goes to 12 personnel, right? Which is man-free, cover one, one-on-ones outside. Now, whether it's Lorenzo Styles with his speed or the size of Deion Colsey or the size-speed combination of Tobias Merriweather, I don't care who it is. If one of those three guys is in this matchup up here, Notre Dame's got to take some shots, which we'll get to, Right. But, like, there's also things that you can do out of this look in the run game that can be effective. So my point is I'm not saying don't go 12 personnel. I'm not saying going 13. They did a lot of 12 personnel against against Oklahoma State last year. They just threw out of it. Mm-hmm. My whole point is you've got to play to who your team is now, not who your team was during the regular season because you don't have Michael Mayer. You don't have Eli Raritan. 
you don't have guys that that were a part of your ability to run the football. Mitchell Evans is not Michael Mayer as a blocker right now. Holden Stace is not Eli Raritan as a blocker right now. And and so you've now regressed in your ability to, to block at an elite level out of 12 personnel based on who you are now. May change by next year, and I'm not saying they abandon it. There are There is a role for 12 personnel, but it's got to be different than it was before. Duo yep. may not be – duo a million times may not be as effective this game because you need that dominant tight end blocking. Maybe inside zones a little bit more effective where the tight end just kind of has to get on a body and be in the way. There's all types of different ways to look at it to say, look, who are you now? What is your personnel now with Tyler Buckner quarterback, with the great offensive line that you have now, with the outstanding backfield that you have now? How do you properly use that knowing you don't have Michael Mayer anymore? Maybe 21 becomes more of a, a part of what you do. Maybe 20 becomes a more of a part of what you do, which I actually would kind of like to see a little bit against South Carolina. But I still think there's a role for 12 personnel because I think South Carolina goes to a four-down personnel grouping when Notre Dame goes. If Notre Dame comes out early in 12, like one of the things I'd love to see from Notre Dame, Ryan, part of that fast start, is come out early in 12 personnel. Maybe mm-hmm. run duo on the very first play of the game and get Carolina thinking, oh, same old Notre Dame and take like two bombs in a row after that or something like that, or, or do something to take advantage of that, right, uh, to where you get them thinking that's who you are. But they've got to play to their strengths, and their strengths are not what got them here because they right. don't have Michael Mayer. Now, in yep. some ways, it is. You still got a great line, still got a great backfield. So I'm not saying come out and, and throw the ball 68 times. I do not want to see that unless Tyler Buckner completes 50 of them, right? I don't want to see 38 for 68, 500 yards passing. I want to see this be a balanced offense and I want to see them come out and play to their personnel strengths, which means more receivers, more two backs, more of that, as opposed to the 12 personnel that we saw throughout the season, which was the strength of this team. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that you make a good point though. The fact that Notre Dame can work off of strengths that they do have. It's just, you can't run your offense schematically through the tight end as much as you did the first 12 football games. Like that's just not going to happen. Right. Just not the approach. I mean, all I think Mitchell Evans could be a really successful player at Notre Dame. I think, I think Holden stays could be a really good player at Notre Dame, but they're not going to be, they're not going to look the same as what Michael Mayer is, right? Like it's just going to be stylistically different, even on top of just the lack of production, obviously at this point, comparative to, one of the best tight ends that we've seen in recent memory. Like that's that's what you lost, but you made the points, and I agree completely. You still have a really good offensive line. You still have all your running backs. You still have those elements to your game. It's just going to look different, and different's not a bad thing. Different is just again, it's just a different different way of going about it. But you have now had fifteen bowl practices to try to figure out what is the identity of this new team, right? Because it's basically a new entity, right? There's the baseline things that you're working off of. It's basically like an offseason. You went into the offseason knowing, hey, I have a really good offensive line coming back next year. I have running backs coming back next year. Awesome. But we have inexperience at in the passing game, right? We have, we have lack of production in the passing game. Well, how do we supplement production and work to our players' strengths? That's the biggest thing for me, and I think that you – I mean, I would love to see them come out and mix and match a lot of personnel looks, but more than anything, I want to see Deion Colsey outside, right? I want to see Tobias Merriweather outside. I want it to look different. I want to run 12 personnel. I want to run 11. I want to run empty at times. I want to run 20, uh, 20, 21. Like there's just opportunities with, I think if anything, Brian, and I don't know if you agree with this, 
But the fact that you don't have Michael Mayer and you have a lack of depth at tight end with only two healthy tight ends in this football game, I think you're almost forced to be more diverse with how you approach the game offensively. You have to do more things, right? And I think that that gives opportunities to different players that they didn't have during the season because of how you functionally ran your offense. So I think you have opportunities on the table. Now, what Tommy Reese and his staff does with it remains to be seen, and we'll see it obviously on Friday. But I think what is is possible now is that you have more options on the table coming into this football game. So I'm excited, and I'm very curious to see what the offense looks like because it has to look different. It needs to look different. And if you play the strengths correctly, even though it's different, it could be still be very, very explosive and very vital and – it's going to be a, a big opportunity for the staff, I think, to prove that they can acclimate and work to what the strengths of this football team are. That's going to be key. Play to your strengths. You, yep. you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. That's that's going to be a big part of it. Now, part of your strength is still the ability to run the football. Again, understand what we're saying. It's going to look different. How you get there has got to be different. You need to be more balanced. Your, your strengths are you have – I mean, Deion Colsey stepping up. He's not injured. You can't use that excuse anymore. Tobias Merriweather has been cleared since right after USC. No excuse to not play him more, right? Lorenzo Styles is – you know, one, one, I haven't heard a lot about bull prep, but one of the things I've heard from a couple sources is Lorenzo's had a good bull prep season. Okay, let's see it on Saturday. Jaden yep. Thomas has become a more dependable player than when Tyler Buckner was first trying to throw to him early in the season. You know, so those guys are there. And it also doesn't mean you don't use the tight ends. It's just use them to where they are right now. You know, Holden States could make some plays in this game. Mitchell Evans could make some big plays, but do so more as compliments to the other stuff. You know, off of a play action where you try to get Mitchell Evans free down the scene because they're not keen on him the way they did Michael Mayer. So you could actually see really good tight end pass game production, but you can't do it off of that's the number one read in 90% of our pass plays. Right. That's going to be the thing. And so, but the point key number three, Ryan, however, is running the football effects effectively by mixing up your run looks. I think Florida laid out the blueprint for being able to run the football in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They're a team that that this year running the football or you know the rush defense overall was not good, but there were times where they were able to stop teams from running the football, Ryan. And and what they're going to do in this game is they're going to watch the film and they're going to do what every other team has done against Notre Dame. They're going to load the box. They're going to run stunts. They're going to twist. They're going to try to create. They're going to try to limit Notre Dame's ability to just drive off the ball by handling the twists and the stunts. They're going to try to beat them with numbers, and their second and third level players are going to be very aggressive coming downhill. That's just what it's going to be. They're going to basically say, you're going to have to beat us with Tyler Buckner and those receivers. I'm sorry. you're Because, yeah, okay, maybe they were good in high school, but look, last time I saw Tyler Buckner play, he was getting he was playing bad against Marshall. We're going to make him beat us. And honestly, that's a smart that's a smart plan. Now, I think Tyler Buckner's capable of doing it, but I'm going to make him – I'm not going to let Audrick Estime and Logan Diggs beat me running the football. Not happening. I'm not letting this offensive line beat me. Sorry, not happening. I'm going to overwhelm you with numbers and movement. That's what they're going to do. Now, they tried that against Florida as well, and Florida did a really good job of mixing up their run game, Ryan. It's like their first big run of the game was just downhill, bam, right in the A-gap. Then their next long run, which is like about a 90-yard touchdown, was a stretch play where they caught South Carolina in an inside stunt. I mean, their linebackers came down hard downhill, 
they were rolling their coverage because Florida did a lot of, this is what I forgot to mention. Florida did a lot of pre-snap movement, like jet stuff with their receivers, like Notre Dame does. But unlike Notre Dame, they mixed their run game up a lot more effectively. It wasn't just downhill ISO stuff. It was off tackle. It was counter. It was a couple jets. And the jet, I mean, they think we're in jet on the first play of the game, came like seven yards. But it got South Carolina thinking, like, we're going to quickly get outside of you. And then they went right back into the A-gap. I think that's what we got to see from Notre Dame, that mixed-up run game out of different personnel groupings, run it out of 20, run it out of 21, run it out of 11, run it out of 12, you know, run it out of shotgun, run it from under center in certain looks if you have to. Uh, those are the things I want to see, but it has to be – it can't be find 87,000 different ways to run duo. Right. right. You have to be balanced and you have to mix it up with your inside out and your misdirection runs. Those things are going to be key. It's it's I'm never a fan of just repeating what another team did. That's not what we're saying. This is a different team. They don't they won't have Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Now, if Tyler Buckner were in a different situation, I would say you could take advantage of some of that. But you're not. I don't want to see them running power read like Florida did against them. I don't want to right. see that. But there are still some things you can do with your quarterback, but just your base run game, your inside zone, your your duo, your outside zone, and your counter stuff, along with your jets and shovels, needs to be all of what you do. It, it has to look like that, Ryan. It has to look like it did against BC. It can't look like it did against USC. It can't look like it did against Clemson, to be honest with you, because this is going to be a different football team with a much more explosive offense. And 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 that was, again, that was that game. It worked that day. But you don't have the personnel to do that anymore. They have to mix up their run game. They have to have an inside-out balance with some misdirection and jets. That it has to be a part of what they do. Because the thing is, Ryan, and you know this, an aggressive cover one team, you just need to hit one or two where you where you guess right, and you're out the gate. But if you're running duo all day, they're they're never going to guess wrong. They know what's coming. Now you may grind it out and all that, but if you're able to mix up your runs and they think duo's coming because you're in a heavy duo personnel grouping and you run stretch. Mm-hmm. or you actually that's the play you hand off to Chris Tyree on 21 personal on a jet sweep, that sucker could go. And yep. that's what Florida did. Florida caught him on some of that stuff and turned him into like Florida's not an explosive offense, but that inside out mix is why they had like a 90 yard run. They had like some several big runs in that game. And that's why they mix it up and they caught South Carolina in some plays. Well, and I mean, this is the frustrating part of Notre Dame throughout the season, Brian, is that they have the running back skill sets that are so different that they should be, they should have high variance as a running team, right? They should have diversity. You have a 230 pound battering ram in Audrey Gestime, a good all around back in Logan Diggs that can do a little bit of everything. You have Chris Tyree, who's lightning in a bottle, who can work outside and into space. You have diversity from your running back skill sets. So that would tell you like, Hey, maybe you should have diversity from a running back from a running game perspective, as far as stylistically what you're doing or schematically what you're doing. And not to mention, although Tyler Buckner, I don't think should be featured tremendously as a runner. He does give you that zone read look, right? Where you have to be like, Hey man, you can't just, can't just crash on him all the time because Tyler Buckner could take one and go for 15 yards and, hopefully get out of bounds or slide and, you know, protect themselves a little bit. So you have the makings, not to mention of the offensive line fully intact, of a really good offensive line and a really good run game. But I think the biggest thing for me, and you said it perfectly, we talked about it on the show yesterday. If I was South Carolina's defense coordinator, I'd be like, guys, 
we're playing cover one all day, man. And we're playing man to man outside. And I'm going to sneak that extra defender in the box because you know what? Until they prove me that they can make an, a big play outside or Tyler Buckner is healthy and could kill me with, with my man coverage looks as a running quarterback, then I'm just not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to respect that until you show me that I have to respect it. So Notre Dame, I think, has to show that they have a diversity of skill sets. We know that you can run the ball downhill. We know you can run the ball between the tackles. Can you do the other things that I have to now loosen up my box because I now have to respect you getting to the outside, perimeter stuff in the passing game? Until you show me that you can do it, I'm not going to respect you with it. So I think I wouldn't blame South Carolina at all for just going heavy cover one man all across the board. Let's make them you know beat us. And if they don't beat you, don't get out of it. So I think that you have to force – South Carolina to rethink their strategy and make them uncomfortable until they're not. I think they're going to stick to what they do well. And that's what they've done well this year. Right. Number four, they've got to have success on the perimeter running the ball part is part of it, but throwing the football. And and there's really a couple ways that I need to see it. Number one is uh, South Carolina will occasionally play off coverage. Now the danger there is if they watch the Marshall game, they will in fact play off coverage and try to bait Tyler Buckner into one of those quick throws outside that cost him against Marshall. Now that's something we could see, but there are also times where that's why I don't necessarily love the idea of just banging hitches early. Cause I want to see if they're actually playing off or not, but some, some comebacks, some deep stops where you're running through the, 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 where the defenders lined up, getting him to flip his hips and then just banging stops, banging comebacks, banging out cuts. I think those are, perimeter throws that Tyler Buckner can make that they need to attempt in this game to sort of take advantage of those one-on-ones outside. They need to take, uh, there's, there's some, some things that I think they can do out of 11 personnel and 21 personnel out of trips looks with a tight end to the, to one side where they can run some duo stuff where they're running bubbles off RPOs, whether it be a motion to a trips or just lining out of trips, because if you get some width in your trips, and again, I'm talking field stuff, not boundary stuff. I hate teams to throw bubble screens into the boundary. I can't stand it. Like it doesn't work against good teams, hardly ever. Throw it to the field, right? So run your duo, run your inside zone to the right side, for example, in this look, you've got a trips to the left. Because what they'll do, Ryan, and you've seen this, is they'll play a safety off in a corner up. And then they'll try to cheat with that that overhang defender or that other linebacker. Well, they'll try to play him 50-50. You can bang some of that stuff, especially against a team like Notre Dame, because when they see that run action downhill, they're going to step to it. You know they are. You can quickly pull and throw a bubble. And we've seen Tyler Buckner do that effectively last season. Go watch the USC game. Go watch the North Carolina game. We know he can make those throws. We didn't really see a ton of it in the first two games. And part of it was personnel. They didn't really know who their personnel was in those two games. With the way that Braden Lindsay's playing, with the way that Chris Tyree has played in the past game this season off of those looks, with kind of where you are with, with Lorenzo Styles starting to make more plays on those quick throws, that's got to be a part of what you do. I'm not, I'm not a huge run a million RPOs against this team, but that's one where you can attack the perimeter and really get them to work for width, something Notre Dame did a horrible job of this year. And lastly, Ryan, but not least, with especially to Tobias and Deion Colsey, especially when they're in the game, when you get a one-on-one, like what we saw, let me pull this look up again, right? If if they get into this look right here, where they're, they, are, they have a one-on-one to the field and the safety is on the 
the near hash to where the offense is. If they don't take a couple shots against this look with Dion and Tobias, I'm going to be pissed. I'm saying it right now. I'm going to be pissed. You've got to be willing to take those shots. Now you've got to make them. This is a ball that Tyler throws well. We saw it in high school. We saw it last year to Kevin Austin. It is literally hit your third step and let her rip. This isn't a read. There's no read here. This guy is not Kyle Hamilton. Their safeties are a part of – like one of the things that that we didn't talk about, Ryan, is part of this taking shots and creating big plays is going to come – and it's not one of the keys to the game, but it is a part of what I want to see is get isolations on their safeties. As good as their corners are, their safeties are not good in coverage in my opinion. Mm -hmm. At least a couple of them are. Those are areas where Notre Dame can take advantage. But this dude right here, this safety right here, he is not getting over to a go route on this ball. No. He's not. You drop back, you throw the hit, hit your third step and let her rip and either give your big guy a chance to go make a play or if they're going to run by him, because even their good corners would get run by this year, Ryan, they would because they're really aggressive. And so uh, whether it's a double move, if it's versus off coverage or against this look, there's no need to be cute, win at the line and just go and then get the ball out there. We've got to see some shots like that in this game. If you can hit a couple bubbles, and you can hit a couple stops and comebacks on the outside. And you can take a couple shots and maybe hit one or two. South Carolina is not going to have any clue what to do to stop you. And that that is how – if Notre Dame is going to dominate this game, they're going to need to hit some of those shots early to make North Carolina, or South Carolina back off. Because if Notre Dame can get somewhat even numbers in the box, they will rip South Carolina apart in the offense. But South Carolina is going to – force them to do that. They're going to say, we dare you to throw the ball because you know what they're going to see, Ryan? 12 games of a Notre Dame ignoring this look. Straight, they ignored it for 12 games. Ohio State was giving them this and then all through the year and they never took those shots. Maybe once or twice and they missed them. But I don't remember, I can't remember off the top of my head where they took a field shot like this. All the shots they took, Ryan, off go were all boundary shots. That's a lot easier to defend. Off corner, safety's right there on the hash. It's a lot easier throw to defend. It is going to be very hard to defend the Notre Dame receivers if you can get a somewhat well-thrown football to a play like this in the top. It just is. Yep. And you know you're going to see it against them. They, they'd be South Carolina would be stupid not to show this look because they do know that Notre Dame won't throw this ball. And so that's going to be a big key for me is you've got to have success on the perimeter of your, of your offense, especially with your passing game. I mean, and now with Deion Colsey and Tobias Merriweather be, both being healthy and ready to go, you could become a more vertically oriented passing attack just in general because those kids are 6'4", 6'5", 195-plus pounds each that are guys that are going to win running the fades, running the comebacks, running the stops, doing those types of things, kind of staying on that vertical line and then breaking things off that way. And I think that you have – an ease, I don't say easy advantage because you have to see it. You have to see it from a production level. But from a talent perspective, you have an advantage outside right now, right? You do. With Deion Colsey, Tobias Merriweather, without South Carolina's top two corners in the game, you have an opportunity to, to play those deep shots. And you understand why You understand why Drew Pine wasn't as equipped to maybe make some of those plays. But Tyler Buckner, if there's one thing that he has shown, to your point, it's that he can make that outside fade route. Like, he Mm -hmm. can drop it in the bucket. And if he has the opportunity to loosen that defense up, I think you have the opportunity to take advantage of it because you have two vertically-oriented wide receivers outside, potentially. 
go against two backup corners that aren't super experienced. Notre Dame should have a clear advantage there, and that's the easiest way to now get teams saying, huh, maybe I have to run more too, man, too high looks, maybe too man, maybe some cover four stuff. Maybe I can't see that extra guy in the box. That helps you across the board. If you can show that you can hit some throws outside the numbers, it shows now that, hey, I can now win the numbers game inside, running my duo stuff, running my inside zone. And as you have a more advantageous look, you have to like the advantage that you have inside as well because your offensive line is clearly better than their defensive line. There's no doubt about it. Your running backs are good enough to get big chunks in this game against a struggling run defense for South Carolina. But in order to get those looks in your favor, you have to hit some plays outside the numbers, and you have the guys. I don't want to hear that they don't have the guys. They have the guys. Deion Colsey, Tobias Merriweathers, they have the guys to break those Lindsay. plays. Brayden Lindsey yep. can flat out run by these guys. There's no question. Have them to well, the field. Not not the boundaries. Well, yep. here's the only problem with Lorenzo. Yeah. Uh, he, he has not been able to show he can catch the football this year. That's my only concern with that one. But if Lorenzo was what he was last year, 100%. 100%. Right? I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, Jack Cohn missed that opportunity early in the, in the bowl game last year against Oklahoma State. It was like a play or two before he hit Lorenzo for a touchdown. But he had Braden Lindsay smoke the dude against Oklahoma State. You remember that route? Then Jack underthrew him. Braden had to try to come back and get it, and the guy broke it up. But he ran by that guy three or four yards at least before that ball was underthrown. But you've got three guys for sh- two guys for sure that I want to see get a ball there. I want to see Tobias and and Braden both get the, that ball thrown to them, both of them. If if Lorenzo had the good bowl prep that I've heard, and they, they want to run that with him, and he's able to get off the line, fine there too. So I'm, I'm with you in theory, Ryan. Just you know, we've watched him struggle to catch little simple things during the season. I'm just a little nervous about that. But if Lorenzo comes out and makes a play like that, South Carolina has no chance, no chance. Just because, I mean, it's okay, now Lorenzo's going, like, what do we do now? But that's a that's a big part of it, is, is being able to take and hit those outside shots. Short, intermediate, and deep. So the bubbles, the stops, comebacks, outs against the off coverage, because they will do some off coverage into the boundary, into the field. Uh, I, wouldn't, I would be very hesitant to throw the quicks early, because I think they're going to try to bait them. I don't want to see hitches in this game. I feel like they're going to try to bait Tyler, just like Marshall did. We called that during the week of, of the preparation too, because we saw how they played. South Carolina does a lot like a lot like Marshall did with their aggressive coverages. You've seen it, Ryan. I mean, you pop on film, Missouri, all these different games. They're baiting quarterbacks. I dare you to throw a hitch route. I dare you, because we're going to make you think we're bailing, but we're not. We're going to jump this sucker. And, and that's partly why they have so many picks. They bait quarterbacks really well on the outside. So I don't want to see the short stuff unless it's a quick boundary throw versus a guy that's got his hips turned. That, I mean, I, and even then I'm like, okay, let's see. I want to see, I want to see the behind the line stuff. And I want to see the deeper stuff. I want to see the 10 yard outs. I want to see the 12 yard stops, the 15 yard comebacks. Those are the routes that I want to see thrown to the outside, the numbers that I think you can have some success because now you force them to determine why is that matter? Okay. If I throw a hitch route against a team that is really aggressive coming downhill, I run the risk of two things happening. Number one, they bait my quarterback and they pick it off. Number two, you're going to have a situation where the ball gets tipped and it gets up in the air and you've got a guy really close in coverage. So that's my concern. If you throw quick out cuts, that's a, that's the worst route to throw against this team from the outside guy. There's some stuff you can do with, with out cuts from the inside versus cover one where you can run off the outside guy uh, with the vertical, and then you have an ISO on like a little five or 10-yard out cut 
against a linebacker safety or nickel, those routes are a little bit more effective. But here's the reason why I want to see some of the intermediate stuff, the 12 to 15 yard stuff, because the way South Carolina plays, they're either going to be in press or they're going to be in off coverage, off man. When they're an off man or quarters, what they're going to do is, is they're going to try to play up until you threaten them vertically. So what they're going to do is they're going to try to jump all over five-yard out cuts. They're going to jump all over hitches. They're going to jump all over slants and crossers. They want to be all over that stuff. They play crossing routes really well. And that's or like not crossers, but they play drags really well. So I don't know if I necessarily want to see a ton of those without some pre-snap movement, some different things. I, I think Ryan had mentioned this earlier to me in a conversation, and I'll mention it now while he's away, is like there are things you can do motion-wise and alignment-wise to try to use post-snap switches to get some separation because if you just try to run crossers and drags against their base coverage, at least the way that they were in the regular season, again, some of those guys are out. They, they're they taught really well on how to defend those routes. They do a nice job of like staying high, and once the ball is thrown, undercutting and getting to those footballs. They play those routes really well. Had several picks on them, had a lot of almost picks on those routes. So what I like is the, the deeper stuff because what you do is, is if I'm playing off coverage – and you attack me, I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to sit on it. Even if I'm pedaling, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit because I want to keep you and the quarterback in my line of sight. Once the quarterback has now eaten up my lever or eaten up my cushion and he steps on my toes, and as soon as I got to flip my hips, now the offense has the advantage. So as soon as the corner flips his hips, then you're in situations where he can bang the out cuts. Even those are those got to be thrown on perfect timing. But you can bang the stops. You can bang the comebacks a lot more effectively once you get that guy to flip his hips, because once he flips his hips, he's not squatting on routes anymore. Now the receiver can dictate to him what they're going to do with that football. And I think that's an important part of what I want to see from this team as you kind of look at what the pass game is going to be in this game. So that's why I kind of like the behind the line stuff, the intermediate and the deep stuff. I'm not in love with the quick game on the perimeter where I could see some quick game on the perimeter uh, Ryan, I was explaining why I don't like the short, quick stuff, why the intermediate to deep stuff and the behind the line stuff is what we want to talk about. If you want to attack the flats and with quick game, that's okay. Do it with your inside guys. Do it run off the corners and do it with those matchups. That's where you can maybe be a little bit more advantageous. Do it off of a motion to a trips where even if you want to run off the first, the inside and outside guy, and you just run a little slide and it's up to your guy to outrun that guy on a motion. Those are some areas where if you want to attack the perimeter that way, those are good, and I want to see those. But Notre Dame has to be willing to say, if you're going to play us up tight in one-on-ones, we are going to make you pay with comebacks and stops and outs and go routes. We're going to make you pay. Post routes, they play pretty well, I think. You can hit a post route on them, and I think the play-action stuff needs to be important. But you have to be able to establish the ability to throw the ball outside in this game. I'm not a believer, Ryan, and you got to throw 30 balls outside the numbers. But you have to show that we're willing to attack you with it because that's where South Carolina has been vulnerable this year with with well-designed pass attacks. That opens up so much more stuff. Mm -hmm. And we saw it last year, too. I mean, you can do it off post switches, right? Remember the route they ran against Oklahoma State where they took a post? I think it was was Mayer ran like a a post, and then Lorenzo Styles went in motion and kind of wheeled. And Jack threw that little back shoulder play to Lorenzo for like a 15, 20-yard gain. That's another way to get to it as well. It's not just about lining up one-on-one and running a million one-on-one routes. That's part of it, but there's other ways to get there too. But I think if they can hit those throws in this game early, I think you get Tyler into rhythm, you get South Carolina out of their comfort zone, and you have chances for big plays. 
it yeah. has to happen in this game, right? Has to. Well, and I think that a big key is I know we mentioned it already a couple of times, but the South Carolina cornerbacks, even without Darius Rush and Cam Smith, they're still an aggressive unit. You know, like they're going to play on the line of scrimmage a ton. They're going to play a lot of press man. And I think they're especially going to stay there until again, until Notre Dame proves that they can make some plays. Why would I respect you? Right. And I, I think that we're going to see an opportunity for one of the corners to be up on the line of scrimmage against a Tobias Merriweather or Deion Coles here, Braden Lindsay, whoever it might be. But at the end of the day, if you can't make the play, it doesn't matter. Right. And, but I think that for you, for your point, Brian, I think it's spot on is that there's going to be opportunities to be made there. Right now, Notre Dame needs to go out and make them. But the key is, is that these corners, although talented, they they wrestle on their athleticism. Even Cam Smith and Darius Rush, they wrestle on their athleticism because they can. Why do you play a lot of press man as a corner? I mean, sure, it's about physicality and length and all that great stuff. But it's also about if you do miss, you trust the press man corner to get back in phase because they usually have good recovery speed. Right. Like that's the big thing. So there's going to be misses at the line of scrimmage. We've seen Braden Lindsay, especially at times this year, where if you're up on him and you have a bad jam attempt at him, he can make you miss and he can yes. get an easy release. And, he and you're not catching him. Exactly. You're not catching him. They don't have a cornerback that can catch Braden Lindsay if they miss at the line. They don't. Neither has every other team they've played, Ryan. That's why we've said I, we still are seeing it in the chat. I yep. don't see Braden Lindsay doing that. Okay. I, I, at this point in time, it's like people just not gonna, they're just going to be unconvinced until a quarterback actually throws him the ball doing it. But <laughs> we've been at games. I'm at every game. That kid runs by corners by four or five yards at least twice a game. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen here. Hit it. Because if you hit that throw, I'm telling you, it's going to completely – South Carolina is going to be like, F. We are yes. screwed. Right? Because they're just going to keep doing this until we stop it. Right? Mm-hmm. And And – you know, then it's like, okay, one play, it's the speed guy running by me. The next play, it's the 6'4 guy doing it to me. The next play, they're doing a post-snap switch, and my safety's having to chase up the sideline. Those are the things that I want to see. Uh, it's, well, it's really important. And I want to just go to point five because point five yes. goes along with this. Sure. And then we can continue this conversation because I don't want to harp on the, the full specifics of point five because I think we're, we're, we're kind of getting to this big play stuff. But key mm-hmm. number five, Ryan, was stay on schedule. Yes. Right, stay stay on stay on schedule. It doesn't mean just running the ball all the time, but you'll know, get in where you're moving the chains. Because here's the thing about South Carolina, and it goes to the point of what I think you were getting ready to get to. This is a team as good as it's been against the the past this year. They rank in the 70s in yards allowed per attempt and in the yards allowed per completion because they will give up big plays. They are prone to giving up big plays in the past game. And and the reality is, Ryan, is the more you can stay ahead of the sticks the more that you can stay on schedule, keep moving the chains, run more plays, the more opportunity there is for you to hit a big play. And I think that's going to be a big part of this game is if if South Carolina can get you going three and out, four and out the way USC was able to early, then you're, you're going to have some problems. But if you can get the chains rolling early, I'm sorry, they, they averaged, they ranked 28th in yards per game, 27th in yards per attempt, but they ranked 77th in yards per completion. Because when you hit them, they'd get hit big. Yep. And that's going to be a key for Notre Dame run game-wise and pass game-wise is stay ahead of schedule, do all those other type of things, and then that's where you're – because they'll make a mistake. They're mm-hmm. going to make a mistake on deep. I promise you this. The more plays you run, they're going to hit a wrong gap. They're going to guess wrong on your blitzes. But if you can keep your run game mixed up 
be aggressive on the perimeter and stay on schedule, they have no chance. Because yeah. not only will you keep moving the chains and hammering them and wearing them down because they're very thin right now numbers-wise with all the losses, but on top of that, you're going to hit some big plays. And that's how Notre Dame not only wins, but that's how Notre Dame wins big, Ryan, is if they can do those things in this game. It's much easier said than done. But that's that's the key to victory, in, in my opinion. Well, I think all of them, obviously, all the keys build off of one another. And I think that my biggest thing is that – Look, I think that it is the laziest narrative out there that Notre Dame doesn't have speed, just offensively and at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I've really pushed back on it a lot, obviously. But you know who else believes that narrative right now, Brian? A little bit is the South Carolina corners probably think that, right? Oh, we're SEC guys. These guys can't run past us. Are you crazy? Notre Dame kids, they run a ball all the time. They beat Clemson and even throw for 100 yards. Man, they don't they don't work out. They go read books. Come on now. They they can't run past us. That that's the, the false narrative. And if Notre Dame is able to shock them and show, hey, oh, they have some athletes, right? And then you now have to respect multiple areas of the offense. That's how the well balanced thing comes. And then with your South Carolina, if Notre Dame has multiple things working, if they're not just, you know, having success as an inside running team, but, oh, they're running off tackle a little bit, they're throwing the football outside the numbers, then you're in a situation of a bad defense for South – or underwhelming defense for South Carolina with a lot of losses, that you're going to sit there and their hands are going to be the hips and they're going to be dumbfounded a little bit. They're going to try to figure it out, and it's not going to be a pretty day for South Carolina if Notre Dame's able to do all of that. So I think the balance comes from the simple fact that you have more talent than is what is perceived from a national perspective, right? You have speed. You have talent. You need to utilize it the best. And that comes down to play calling. That comes down to execution from the player perspective. When Tommy Reese calls up a one-on-one opportunity outside the numbers, you have to hit it. Quarterback has to Mm -hmm. hit it. You have to protect it. And you have to make the catch. If you do all those things, I promise you that if, if Notre Dame comes out fast and is able to show that they can be a balanced level of attack, South Carolina is not going to want to know what to do with it. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're going to be lost in this football game. And balance is a key thing, without a doubt. Part of the reason I'm optimistic about this game, and part of the reason my prediction is going to look like what it's going to look like tomorrow, because I've already set the score for it, Ryan, as have you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is because we have evidence of this. We have evidence mm-hmm. of Tommy Reese going out in bowl games, including not having Brian Kelly's head coach. You can't say, well, we did that, Brian Kelly where his teams come out fast, they start fast, they're aggressive, they're balanced, they're multiple. We saw it against Iowa State, the first game he ever called. Mm-hmm. We saw it against Alabama. I, again, the success wasn't there partly because of the lack of execution, but like Notre Dame moved the ball early on Alabama. Let's not forget that. Remember that really well-designed screen to Chris Tyree? They just couldn't finish off drives. Uh, we we saw him do it uh, last year against Oklahoma State. I mean, they – that was And that was a much better defense than the one they're facing now. Now, again, he doesn't have Michael Mayer. He doesn't have Kevin Austin. He doesn't have Jack Cohn. But he's got a much better line and a much deeper backfield than he had last year. You know, but you look at the speed. You look at Lindsey. You look at Styles. You look at Merriweather. You look at Chris Tyree. There's plenty of home run weapons. They, they, they just have to create them. But we've seen Tommy Reese really be at his best in bowl games for whatever reason, maybe it's because they have more time to prepare. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why you could say that, but that's, that's the track record. I mean, that's what we've seen. And, and if, if they're able to keep South Carolina, if they're able to get South Carolina off balance early, this is going to be a fun day. And, and I, I think that's what we're going to see. I do. 
I agree. I agree. It's it's going to be a great opportunity. I think that Tommy Reese has the chance to dial some new things up, man, and to be a little more diverse with how his approach is offensively because I think it's going to be forced to do that way. And, again, I think Notre Dame has the athletes outside, at running back, at quarterback, that they can take advantage of the opportunities because there's going to be there's going to be advantages from Notre Dame athletically across the board. Not only wide receiver versus inexperienced cornerbacks, but the linebackers from the second level are not the best for South Carolina. South Carolina safeties, I think, are really nice run fit players, especially that freshman that they have that's like 6'4, 220. But I agree that they're not the best pass coverage players right now. They're down their best defensive lineman inside. There's going to be opportunities for Notre Dame's to make a lot of plays, but everyone has to be on the same page and they have to buy into the identity, in my opinion. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.